All right, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny to come full circle because back in 2017, you guys did an interview with Ayelette Waldman yeah. about microdosing LSD. Yeah. And I was already interested in drugs and psychedelics back then, um, but hearing that episode on your show really took my interest up an extra notch. Yeah. And I started to, to do a lot more homework and research about it. Um, and I'm not sure if, if it was that summer or the summer after, but I did end up uh, getting my hands on some LSD and I attempted to microdose with it. And I only microdosed with it twice. Um, it, uh, it screwed up my ability to sleep. Um, even really? 20 hours after taking the microdose, I was still having a hard time sleeping, even with weed. Wow. Like it's so... Unfortunately, I learned that microdosing LSD is not for me, (laughs) (laughs) which was disappointing. (laughs) Did you, how did you like measure it out and everything? Like you just, you kind of just figured it out or what was your process? Um, Yeah, I did figure it out. Um, Unfortunately, like the, the way I got it was it had been dropped onto Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Which... I was like, okay, I get that you're selling this for people to trip, but I want to microdose with it. Right. Um, so what I ended up doing was dissolving the Jolly Rancher in water. And then I bought an LSD test kit. Um, they're little chemical kits you can get for a handful of different drugs. Um, and you put a little bit in the solution and if it changes color, um, in a certain way, it, it tells you whether it's LSD or not. Yeah. And I tested it and I had real LSD. So what I did to figure out microdosing after that was I assumed about a hundred micrograms per Jolly Rancher. Yeah. And I wanted to microdose anywhere between five and 20 micrograms to start out. I think I started with five or 10, um, and so I'm, I had measured out um, 100 milliliters of water to do- dissolve the Jolly Rancher in so that yeah. I could dose the water out after that. So I would just microdose with like five to 10 milliliters of water that had had 100 micrograms of LSD dissolved into it. Yeah. Wow. And what was your, uh, so what was your reason to want to do that? Like, you know, I mean, what, what were you hoping to accomplish with your LSD use? Um, I have struggled with depression on and off since I was in high school. Um, and to hear that it could be used to treat that, um, was just something I wanted to experiment with and see if it worked. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm the kind of person who when, especially when it comes to drugs, I kind of want to try it out myself to see, you know, if, if it gives the effect as, as being that's being proclaimed or whatever. Um, so I've tried a handful of things since then. Um, so I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, you, you were saying you, you, you had tried other things, but you, so you were doing LSD to basically stop your depression or an attempt to treat yeah. depression. Yes. And to see if I noticed any sort of increased uh, creativity or stuff like that. Right. And, but did so once you did it, you only did it twice. Was it more? Mm-hmm. Did you feel more a little like because you couldn't sleep? Were you feeling a little more panicked or like it just wasn't pleasurable? It was not pleasurable. It, um, I've also struggled with insomnia since I was in high school, and you know, depression and insomnia are kind of a chicken or the egg scenario which came first, but they both tend to feed each other. Yeah. Um, so I was like, if it if it's making it so that I can't get more than four hours of sleep a night, I'm it's, it's not worth it. Yes, yeah, definitely not worth it for sure. Um, so it was, it was really disappointing. Um, and I never ended up getting around to taking a full on trip with the LSD just because it's a, uh, it's a 12 hour, 10 to 12 hour required time requirement. And I've got a, a little toddler now. So it's just, you know, kind of impossible for right. something that lasts that long to fit into my schedule. 
Right. And you weren't taking it to really totally trip or anything. Anyway, you're trying to take it, you know, uh, for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if it had worked out to trip with the LSD, it would, there would have been an intention to it as well. But um, actually one of my friends at the time was, we both grew up evangelical and he was still a little bit more conservative than I was. And I asked him if he'd be willing to, uh, to babysit me while I tripped on LSD, um, just cause it was going to be, you know, 10 to 12 hours, make sure that I'm not going out driving or hurting myself or anything like that. He was like, honestly, I don't think I can do that for you because for you to trip on LSD would be drug abuse. And I was just like, what taking LSD to trip isn't <laughs> abuse. That's the whole point. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wasn't mad at him or frustrated or anything like that. I, I did understand where he was coming from, even though it was disappointing. But, uh, yeah, I never ended up getting to trip on LSD. Now, uh, from what I've heard, did, were you on any other medication? Because uh, they say that S- a lot of times SSRIs will cancel out LSD. Do you know anything about that? Um, I have heard and read into that I was not taking an SSRI at the time so there was there was no interaction there whatsoever Um, a friend of mine who has been on an SSRI um, has taken mushrooms on a handful of occasions and he has to take about twice what um, anybody else would in order to feel something off of them because of the way his antidepressant works out with it wow when you were uh, when you were younger, you said you you did experiment with, with other drugs. Was this your first drug experience or what? Ooh, um, so my first, like my very 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 first drug experience was probably a black and mild cigarillo um, <laughs> when I turned eighteen, um, and that was you know On that your was birthday. Cool. Was it your birthday or? I don't think it was my birthday. <laughs> I think I think it was actually when I was. Um, in Spokane for the first time in a while to, um, to tour the Moody Bible Institute campus. Um, <laughs> cause I ended up doing a semester there and I, it was while I was staying with some friends while I was down for that visit that we all, we went out and grabbed cigars cause it was, yeah. you know, the thing you weren't supposed to do. And you right. know, it, there was no, uh, 21 age limit on them back then. So right. we could go buy them at, at 18. Did you get a little buzz off of it? Um, I think I did, but I'm not sure. It, yeah. This ties in to when I started smoking uh, mar- cannabis a few years later. It took me forever to learn how to inhale properly because I was so used to smoking the cigarillos where you just oh, yeah. hold it in your mouth. Right. Um, and in some ways, I'm, I feel lucky that I started out with those instead of cigarettes um, cause I feel like I would have gotten hooked on those a lot earlier than I did. And I yeah. did end up switching to cigarettes. Um, so yeah, a, a nicotine tobacco was my, my first drug besides, um, caffeine, of course, which I count as a drug, yeah. even though a lot of people tend not to. And yeah, yeah, cigarette cigarettes for me, let's see, if I was going to go back and think about drug use, uh, Marijuana, it was just, it, it was occasionally, and it was this cool thing that was kind of fun, but it was more like, uh, it was just harder to get like cigarettes. You could, like you said, um, you only had to be 18. And so I remember getting cigarettes and cigarettes were so, uh, it, uh, like there was a community around them. Like my first jobs, they would be, people would take cigarette breaks. And I was like, Oh, I should just go smoke. I can take uh-huh. a break. And, and that girl that I think's cute is back there smoking. So I should go do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so it really did feel like a bond with people because you were all like, cause there's a, that, the other thing too, of the people that don't smoke kind of think less of you. And so you kind of bond. together. With that. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. And there's, there's a real bond with cigarette smoking. And so I can see the, why it's so easy to get into it. Well, that was, that was actually the entire reason I got into cigarettes was the, the social aspect of it. Um, I was at a job where 
you know, if you weren't working, you were smoking a cigarette. And I was like, yep. okay, I guess I will smoke some menthols. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I am, I am still partial to menthols. I smoke one every day when I come back home from work. Um, that's probably the worst habit that I have right now. Um, but guaranteeing myself one cigarette a day keeps me from having four cigarettes a day right. when I'm not being mindful of it. If, if I could buy cigarettes as singles, I think I would be set. <laughs> but, but my problem is that I could give them up and go two to three weeks and then have a really stressful day. I'm like, fuck, I need a cigarette today. Right. And you can only get 20 at a time. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's and if I've got 20 of them, guess what? I got to smoke them. Yeah, you're not going to throw them away. They're expensive Exactly. Seriously. Yeah. And if they're just sitting there, that's the other thing. You go, well, I'll just put them away for that. But then you're like, well, it's there. And today was stressful, too. You know, it's pretty easy to kind of tell yourself to do that. I, I uh, So I smoked a good bit. Like, I started smoking a lot in college. Like, I got up to literally, like, close to two packs a day. Because I, wow. I was in a band with these Australian guys, and they would just – I mean – they never weren't smoking. Like it was light the next cigarette with your lit cigarette. Like, you know, I mean, it's almost <laughs> like never, like we would go by, I mean, we were buying, it wasn't a carton a day, obviously, but it was, I mean, we were buying cartons a week for sure, just cause they were, and we were in this band and it was cool and we'd stay up all night and we we're writing music and play smoking. And then, uh -huh. uh, then I got a girlfriend that was a Christian and that's why I, but I still wanted it. And then when times are stressful, so I hid it. And then when, <laughs> when we started Emory, I was like, if I keep smoking, it's just going to be worse on my voice. So, but there is oh, sure. like, even now still, like I, I don't really, I don't hardly ever smoke regularly, but if I'm with the guys in the band, like uh, Dave or Chris, Chris, our guitar player smokes a lot. There's something about a cigarette though, that you just like, Oh, we just got done playing this song and we're going to go stand outside and just have a cigarette. And, and there is sometimes oh, where it's just like the greatest taste and feeling you could ever have. It's, it's like, it's, it's wild to me. Absolutely. I, I have never been able to get into um, like vape pens and mods for that very reason. There is yeah. something about smoking tobacco, hearing it crackle. Yeah. It's just, I, I have to smoke something. I can't just vape it. <laughs> right, right. The smoke is different. Everything about it is totally it, the different. The experience is completely different. And, you know, that, that helps me know that I'm not just doing it for the nicotine, even though, you know, that's, that's right. what keeps you coming back. There, there is something about the experience of smoking a cigarette or smoking cannabis compared to vaping it for me that just makes the difference. Yeah, for me, it's so because when I smoking was easier and way more, I could, my, my brain and body understood smoking way more than like alcohol in the beginning. Like now, now I like okay. alcohol a lot, but alcohol was just such a strong taste and I didn't like, and I was like, wait, I have to drink several of these to feel something. And, and like, you know, <laughs> when I was smoking, I, I'd even get a little bit of a buzz or there'd be something, you know, there would be some mm -hmm. reaction that my brain would have eventually, you know, at first it was like an actual buzz and then it would be, Oh, you know, I, I this, uh, uh, experience, I guess I'm just having now an enjoyable experience, but with alcohol, it was slower. And then weed, the first two times I smoked marijuana, nothing, nothing happened. I was like, Oh, I don't, maybe nothing happens. And then, and then the third time a buddy had it and I was like, I guess I'll try it one more time. And then I was to the moon and, I, I, and I've never <laughs> been high I, like that. I have a story like that. Yeah, that is hilarious. Um, so it goes back to, you know, starting out with cigarillos and not knowing how to inhale. Yeah. The first two or three times I tried cannabis, I didn't get high at all. And my girlfriend at the time was kind of like, are you inhaling? And I was like, I, I think I am. <laughs> I don't know. And one night I decided to try and I like intentionally sucked it all the way into my lungs and I coughed so hard. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so you, you do have to inhale to feel weed. Okay. Good to know. A couple weeks later, we went to a friend's house um, to just chill and I had had like two Coors Lights and then the girls brought out a gravity bomb. Um, hindsight, I should not have done that as a novice. Right. <laughs> um, but 
they were like, hey, do you want to take a hit out of the gravity bong? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm getting used to how weed works. I guess I'll take a hit. I coughed so hard after that that I almost threw up. Um, I, there were tears streaming down my face. I coughed for a, like a good five minutes straight. Yeah. And about 10 minutes later, I look over at my wife at the time and I was just like, I'm really sorry, but we have to go. I'm about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. I got so high that I was just like, I need to go home and lay down. <laughs> and so she got in and she drove my car. I got into the passenger seat and reclined that seat all the way back and was just like, please get me home safe. I was, I was hella stoned. And then when we got home, I had the best night's sleep of my entire life. <laughs> and that's when I realized that I could use cannabis to start treating my insomnia uh, instead of uh, Benadryl and melatonin, you know. Wow. So re really like you were like, oh, this could actually really work. And it, and it, it does. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was the moment where I was like, OK, and I don't feel hungover the next right. morning. That's right. the big deal. Um, and so from that moment on, um, I, I started becoming a stoner and like a week or two after that, I was working somewhere with five employees and two of them quit within three days notice of each other. So there were only three of us left to work three shifts a day, seven days a week. So we ended up each of us pulling like six twelves, you know, like seven to seven, one person gets a day off. Um, while we're waiting for management to hire some new people. Yeah. And after a 12 hour shift one day, I was like, you know, I don't want to go home and drink because I have to come back to work tomorrow for another seven to seven shift. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to start my day off with a hangover. Right. And so I decided to stop at the dispensary that night on my way home and pick up a joint or a pre-roll as they called it. And I went home and I smoked that and I relaxed so much and slept so good that um, that second experience was when I officially became a stoner and gave up alcohol. I was like, yeah, weed, weed is my thing now. I'm, I'm wow. not into alcohol anymore. So at all, or you'll still have an occasional drink or are you just done with it? Um, I will still have the occasional drink. Um, there was a period of time last year where even one beer would give me a hangover. And I was like, that's no fun. Right. Um, and you know, the way to, to combat that is to build your tolerance by drinking a little bit more often as right. much as that's not going to be fun in the meantime. And so I will have one or two beers about every two or three months now. And, um, if I keep it to one or two beers, I have a good time. And I don't yeah. get a hangover, especially if I'm being mindful about hydrating at the same time. Right. But, but um, at the end of the day, alcohol is no longer my preferred drug of choice. Yeah. Uh, that, but it, it, go ahead. I, I don't hate it. You know, I don't right. judge people who do prefer alcohol. It's just, it's not for me anymore. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. It's funny how much differently alcohol and, and marijuana has been looked at though. Like you're right. Like, I mean, you can smoke a shitload of marijuana and the next day be okay. Like you might still feel some residual, but not like pain and agony and vomiting and exactly. not, not able to function. You know what I mean? It's not that at all. I mean, it's wild. And, and the, but the marijuana is the one that's been, is been demonized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that that's the case. Like I was always, whenever I smoked marijuana, it was, I was just like, uh Oh, I'm, I guess I'm becoming a bad person. The next thing's cocaine <laughs> and heroin. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll be on heroin in a, in a month or something. That's what I kind of thought my mind. I don't think I ever thought that. Um, but a, a lot of the way society views cannabis and other drug use has stuck with me. Um, and there are periods of time where I'm, I feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm smoking too much weed. I'm smoking it every day. That's not good. I should stop. And after about two to three days of like thinking about that, I realized that that is just the internalized judgment from your whole upbringing about yeah. drugs and cannabis. Like right. it's not interfering with my ability to go to work. 
I don't smoke and drive. I don't use it irresponsibly, even though I do use it every day. Um, and so I've just had to learn that, you know, people drink coffee every day, every day. and every day. Yeah. And I, I still drink coffee every day. Um, although I've switched mostly to half calf stuff now, just, I have to, um, that's totally what I do. <laughs> I, I remember you saying that on the podcast a few weeks ago and I was like, Hey, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like it better, but you're right. Like, it's funny that, I mean, and how many drugs are there that people take every day? You know oh, what I mean? So many. <laughs> I mean, that regulate all kinds of things in their body and it's just totally normal. You go, Oh, it's not a big deal at all. But I mean, so many drugs are taken every day. But somehow the marijuana one, you it, it's it, if you did it if you do it every day, you're addicted. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. Like that, you're right. Like that's just something we were told. That doesn't really make sense. I mean, no. it, it could be bad. It could be out of control. I'm not, Ab- I'm not absolutely. I mean, and that's what I think you're saying as well. But I'm, I mean, but the idea that it is just bad if you are using it in a way that you think. I mean, the same way, like you said, coffee. I mean, coffee is a drug. It totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or caffeine, I should say. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a drug. I mean, it's wild that in our minds, and that's what I'm saying, like even you could easily go anywhere and drink four beers at Applebee's and everybody goes, okay, see you later. You drive home and not knowing yeah. what, what your level is. But if you were to, uh, you know, hit a pin or, you know, take an edible or, or smoke a joint or something, people go, uh-uh. It, it's weird that stick. You're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why, oh, he's got to do this here at Applebee's. <laughs> but, it, but but everybody else is pounding beers, you know, for two yeah. for one margaritas and stuff. Every once in a while, um, my my ex wife would give me crap for smoking a bowl before I would do the dishes or some other chore, and it, she's like, "Do you really need to do that in order to do the chores?" I'm like, "I don't need to, but it makes it way more fun, way better, <laughs> way better." I. It allows me to get into the zone and have a good time doing dishes. And if I wasn't high, I'd just be sitting there bitching about doing the dishes. <laughs> right. 100%. I, I mean, that's the number one thing. So uh, I didn't, I, so I guess it would be, I guess it would be religious reasons or whatever, but I was at a, so I started smoking weed in high school and really thought it was fun. But, but the problem too was uh, same way with like cigarettes, I would buy, you know, like a dime bag or something like that. And I was, I had to smoke it all because what was it going to do? Take it back to my house and risk being caught with it or, you know, so I would smoke way too much. So I'd be very high. Okay. When I would, you know what okay. I mean? I would smoke a lot of weed because I was either trying to get rid of it or I was with everybody and we'd gone in together. And if I didn't smoke it, they were going to. So I would you know, get <laughs> my money too. So it was like, you had to get some return. Yeah. Right. Right. So it was like, get rid of it all, you know, and, and then you can buy more next weekend or whatever. And the people that I was buying it from was kind of shady. Like I, I bought some weed in some shady fucking spots. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and so, uh, I remember I went to, so I went to this Baptist college and, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It was the only college, <laughs> only a college that let me in. I didn't even think I was going to go to college. And I went and visited a person. He was like uh, a friend of mine. And he was like, hey, you uh, you probably could get in here. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just fill out the paperwork just to see. And I did. It's, that's how crazy it was. But uh, they were all, you know, I was smoking weed and they were all praying for me immediately because they thought I was a, drug <laughs> a loser. You know, I was just, uh, he's a bad guy. And I was like, well, and I just started feeling this way and I started dating some uh, uh a lady that didn't do drugs. I was like, okay, this is time to stop. So I didn't smoke weed for a long time. And then, you know, we we're in Emory and, and a band that was considered a Christian band. I was like, I'm not going to do this at all. And then uh, in the last few years, as it started becoming more and more legal, uh, you know, like we'd travel through uh, Colorado or something. I was like, oh, you know, we're in Denver. I'm going to try this. I'll just give it a shot. And it was kind of just recreational kind of I'll do a little something fun after a show or something or, you know, sure. And then, um, now I live in Illinois and I've done weed more and now I see it so much more differently. Like I don't, it, it is not something that I go, I'm going to get really high. That doesn't really appeal to me. You know what I mean? Like the, I, I, getting, sure. stoned, getting super stoned. I mean, I can understand getting pretty high and stuff's giggly, but not like how I used to when I was a teenager, like out of my mind, the world's crazy. Like you said, laying down, you, well, you, yeah, you have to you, leave the party immediately. That's not what yeah, my goal I is mean, at all. Yeah. You can get so high on cannabis that it turns into an almost, almost like a psychedelic experience. Yes. There's, 
there's kind of a back and forth between people in the drug community about whether or not to consider cannabis uh, a hallucinogen or a psychedelic. And yeah. it, it, it only tends to get that way at really high doses. Right. For me, sometimes an edible might can get me kind of there, but uh, now I just feel like, I just feel like it's such a, an interesting drug because it reveals some truth about me sometimes like, like, uh, okay. you, know, you know, people say, um, Oh man, I can't do weed. I get really anxious or am I or paranoid? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Paranoid. Right. I used to think that same thing about me now when I'm looking at it in a more, uh, a real way or holistic way, I go, wait, that anxiety was there. It's just your guards down a little bit. The, the Toby, that amplified it. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I, now I'm going, wait a minute, why am I thinking this? why am I feeling this about this person or, you know, what, what am I not saying? And it really feels almost helpful to my brain of like, Oh wait, this is all the stuff that's under the surface. That's probably causing, you know, some issues with anxiety or, or worry. And, and if you address it, if you can allow yourself to address this here, you can see it's not that big of a deal, or you can see that it, even if it is a big deal that you need to deal with it, you know, it's more, it's more sure. now in a way, like I still have fun with it. You know, I, I mean, I don't, really smoke that much i mean i'm not like everyday user or anything like that but when i do uh-huh. it it feels more like okay this is something that is enjoy and honestly my favorite time to do it is like when i know every the work is done everything's done and i know i'm gonna go to bed in a little while and i'm like oh i can watch a movie and like you say or do do some, exactly do some uh you know just uh simple chores or tasks and it's gonna enhance it this yeah movie, exactly movie, it movie enhances. Better. Yeah, yeah. right uh-huh. Right. When when I first started watching American Dad, um, I could not watch that show without being high on weed, because if I was sober, it was stupid. (laughs) And if I was high, it was hilarious. And, you know, it just it it made that show better. (laughs) Yes, I I, I totally understand. Like I'll watch some shows and uh, when when I've been smoking and I'm like, oh, man, I just I. I'm more present, I think, in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, like oftentimes when I, if, when I do it, I'm not on my phone looking at this thing while, you know, I'm not a, a dual screen person. I'm like, I'm okay. here or I'm with my, uh, my family or friends and I can be more present in some ways. Like, I don't feel like I needed to escape the moment. The moment's very, yeah, in- yeah. The moment's very interesting when I'm high. Exactly. It's like, okay, I don't hate doing the dishes. I'm having a good time right now. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like you, you can realize that, hey, it's okay to be here at this moment doing this task. You know what yes. I mean? Like, like it, it somehow gives me that, that like, uh, feeling of, uh, this is all right. Yeah, oh, 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 I accomplished something. Okay, good. You know what I mean? Like, I can do that instead of, yeah. oh, I can get those damn dishes done. Exactly. Yeah. There, was, um, there was one day at work now. Um, I'm a mechanic for work right now. And I do not smoke weed before I go to work or during the work day, um, mainly for liability reasons. I don't, you know, I just, right. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I'm, I'm already in a stigmatized enough position that I do smoke after work and urine tests are biased against marijuana users. Right. So I just, I, I try to do what I can to not make that a liability at my job. Yeah. But there was one day that I was, replacing the heater core on a Toyota Camry. And you have to pull the entire dashboard. Um, You have to pull the steering wheel, the glove box, the radio, everything. Mm. And there was the day I was tearing it all apart. I came back from lunch and it was just a tedious afternoon of pulling bolts out, making sure you knew where they belonged, pulling all of the different wire harnesses and pieces out. And that was one of the only days I've had at work where I was like, man, if I had smoked a little weed at lunch, I would have been able to get super duper into the zone right. in that, on that job and just like fly through it. But instead it was tedious and it was boring and I wasn't having a good time. Right. Yeah. And isn't that bizarre that when something is tedious and boring, you aren't as careful necessarily. You're not, you're not more careful or more present. Sure. You know what I mean? Your mind can wander. You kind of want to be away from the moment. And the idea that, well, if you were high, you could really fuck up. But oftentimes that the weed makes you more present and more aware, like more attentive. Yeah. Like uh, the times that I've smoked and like written music or uh, that had a task 
something to do, I go, I just feel like I'm just there. Oh, this is what I need to do. Uh, and I'm not focusing on anything else. And then I, I feel like I experience this, the song or the work more in a more real way. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like I, I do wonder, like even, you know, us talking about LSD, I'm wondering more and more if we are moving into that point where people are like, well, wait, they, these, there are real benefits. And I'm wondering what that's going to look like in the future. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah, it seems like it could be very true that all these, these drugs might enhance work and brain function and mental health as much as any, anything else. There's, huh? Yeah. Like there's a whole industry of like nootropics that are um, meant for like mental stamina and focus and energy. And like, there's a whole market for that. Um, and it's a shame in, in my opinion that we're preventing people from access to certain things that could help um, and having them, the illegal means that you either end up using something different that is legal, but not as safe or is not as well studied yeah, and stuff like that. When you could just use what mother nature has already given us in the form of like um, cocaine from the coca leaf or a couple of other plant-based stimulants like coffee that um, can actually improve your focus and, int and, and attention and give you a boost of energy to go throughout the day. Right. Um, I did microdose um, psilocybin mushrooms for a little bit last year. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed almost immediately was that they increased my visual acuity. Um, the first day I took a microdose, I was just in awe of how much more detail I would noticed in the wood grain on my floor. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't high and I wasn't like tripping, just, you know, sitting there staring at it swirl, but I was noticing a lot more detail and depth to it that wasn't, it wasn't not there before. I was just noticing it for the first time. Um, I noticed more detail in um, like leaves on trees and stuff like that. And I, I was like, you know, as a, as a mechanic to have your visual senses improved is not a bad thing. There are a lot of jobs where having your visual perception improved or auditory is not a bad thing. You know, yeah. it's actually helpful for the environment you're in, but because, you know, drugs are bad. Um, right. You know, I, I could definitely not, tell anybody that, yeah, I was microdosing when I worked on that engine and did it perfectly, you know? Right. Yeah. They wouldn't be it, able just, to it, it just calls it into question. Right. But I mean, but they would, that's what's so bizarre though, because they would totally understand if you said you needed a cigarette and a cup of coffee before you got to work on that thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, there's one of the guys I work with comes in every day and he makes his coffee before he starts going yeah. to work. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, it's, to look at it is just funny. Um, there was one author I read last year who his suggestion was um, to legalize cocaine in the form of a gum so that you chew it and get the stimulating effects. Yeah. Um, and that is a little bit um, safer because it's not like straight injected right. or snorted or snorted, anything yeah. like that. It's a little bit more of a, a time controlled release, right. which, which is actually how, you know, the indigenous cultures of South America have used the coca leaf, right. They, you know, chew, the, on the, it, right? they, they chew on it. Um, actually from, from that book, I read about it. Um, he mentioned that uh, there was a study on the nu nutritional analysis of coca leaves. Yeah. And it, it just, it floorboarded me that this thing is demonized as a drug when it's actually, you know, it comes from a plant and the, the traditional use of the plant does not see the same issues with abuse that um, street cocaine does here in the United States. Um, but the nutritional analysis um, said that 100 grams of coca leaves contain 305 calories, 18.9 grams of protein and 42.6 grams of carbohydrates 
and satisfy the human recommended dietary allowance for calcium, iron, phosphorus, riboflavin, and vitamins A and E. Um, coca is higher in nutrients than at least 50 other foods common to Latin America. Wow. You, you know, like, yeah. you know, not only could you, could you, you know, chew on the coca leaf right. for an energy boost, but you could swallow it and have like a, a halfway decent meal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in America, that's uh, the schedule non prohibited substance. Schedule what? Yeah. Um, right, absolutely. Right. Actually, I think cocaine might be schedule two, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, it, yeah, I must be reading this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, on the list here, it's funny because it, it's still a side. There are some that there. do not belong there. Yeah, it's wild. They, I mean, they have a bunch of them on here, and it's they're only. It says it can only be used for uh, research, maybe. But the the idea there is that. I mean, for so long, these drugs have existed and we haven't been able to experiment and there hasn't been any like outside experiment. I mean, as, as opposed outside of, you know, just trying to get high from it, but the idea that sure, you can sure, microdose yeah. something or take it in a, there might be a proper way to take it and then yeah, exactly. it might actually really help you. I mean, that has to be studied more. I mean, it just must be. A lot of the issues surrounding drugs tend to come from prohibition and lack of education stemming from that prohibition. Yeah. I mean, which is unfortunate. And it's, it's really crazy to look at the federal government's scheduling when, you know, I, I feel fairly justified in, you know, taking the substances I do and owning them because the law as it is stated is just simply not true. Um, you know, the schedule one drugs, um, are, have a are considered to have a high potential for abuse and no accepted medical use. Yeah. And the no accepted medical use is no longer true for cannabis. It's no longer true for LSD or psilocybin. Um, I think MDMA is still schedule one and that um, actually has a lot of potential for treating PTSD. It's just, it's literally wrong that those drugs are on that list. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I'm looking here. Uh, it's a, I mean, it, it, like, so it's on there, like, with bath salts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, like you're, uh, you can get high off nutmeg for Christ's sake. Okay? Right. right. <laughs> Cannabis is on there, LSD, heroin, all that. But I mean, the, the idea here is that they want to say they can, because it could be abused, that that means it, it, it can't be used. But I mean, when you hear about, Drug use. Because cigarettes uh, uh, and alcohol can't be abused oh, whatsoever. Right. But, but, <laughs> but also like the idea that, I mean, when you hear about drug overdose and drug abuse, oftentimes it's prescription drugs that are legal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, so many people are dying from opioid use, fentanyl, all, mm -hmm. all this. You know what I mean? All the things that uh, are, are supposedly legal or are made legal because of, uh, you know, it's able to be used or sold and made a lot of money off of. And, yeah, like Xanax and Valium and other stuff like right. that, for sure. But I mean, marijuana is more is a little scarier, or you know, a, a, a mushroom because you can grow it in your backyard. Exactly, you know exactly. Um, I have I have never ever grown psilocybin mushrooms because that would be illegal. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I have grown um, a couple other species of mushroom that are not illegal to grow, right. and it's just. It is incredibly easy to grow fungus. It's very difficult to grow the fungus you want. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just because um, mold spores and fungi spores exist like everywhere. Yeah. So if, if you're trying to grow a specific mushroom, you have to have a, a really clean, sterile environment. And even then, there's a chance that another fungus is going to grow instead of the mushroom you want. It's just really? It's really funny the way that works. I didn't even know any of that. That's, that is crazy. Like I said, I haven't grown mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did uh, a mushroom one time, but it was in the form of like a chocolate heart. And we broke, okay, up, like, sure. we, we broke up a bunch of pieces of it. And um, I Those just, are becoming I, more popular. Yeah, I was really nervous. I was like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? I'm going to see, you know, I was like, I, I'm just going to do the smallest amount. And I really did a very small amount, but it was such a unique high. It, it was just, I mean, like yeah. I said, I, I did a little bit, but like when you were talking about the wood grains, you know, like, uh, yeah. I, I, we, 
I ate it and uh, then we went to a restaurant and then we walked, we walked around outside for a while, but I just felt like, man, everything that I noticed, I, I would see the light on the street light. I would see in the restaurant. I noticed, I, I actually kind of noticed the ceiling and the, and the floor, uh, you know, a few different things like that. And I was like, man, this is so wild. Like I'm, I am just the, the thing that made me feel really cool about it was I felt so present. Like I was like, I am here and everything here is worth being noticed and a part of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Of, uh, this restaurant's crowded. I gotta get out of here. Or, man, I'm tired. I want to leave. Or, Oh, these people are not like everything felt in a way connected. And I know it sounds hoo hoo, but it felt like, Oh, this oh, is I don't, yeah. I'm, viewing. I'm with you, like, on that. you know what I mean? Like the, the, the ceiling or the floor grain is worth viewing because there's something here to it. Like, I mean, is, you know what I mean? I, I, my whole life, I just walked past something like this and now I can look at it and go, wait, this is interesting. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, there are actually um, a handful of different theories and speculations about why that is based on the way the drug works and the way the brain looks um, with brain imaging techniques while people are tripping. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the main theories right now is, especially at high doses, psilocybin and LSD turn down your default mode network, which is basically um, like your ego structure, the way you think of yourself and the world around you, the way you yeah. perceive things. Um, it, it, it turns that off for a little bit. So everything that you're seeing is coming into your brain unfiltered by your all of the conceptions that you've had from you know growing up you know so that you actually do see the wood grain of the floor for the first time instead of oh that's just the floor because you know I've, I've, I see the floor every right. day you know your brain starts to tune out those details because it considers them unimportant yeah and you know you, some drugs you take and those those barriers tend to erode and in, in my opinion, um, the psychedelics at low doses, I think, allow you to see the world more like it actually is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You yeah. know. Yeah, you're right. Like that, that makes a total amount of sense to me because that we are so certain that the way we see our reality is just it. And yeah, you know exactly. I, you know what I mean? But but that's all skewed with my uh, eyes don't lie to me. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> right, right, right. And and our experiences and biases tell us, well, this is just what it is. You're right. But then it like uh the same way when I took that mushroom, I was like, oh wait, hold on. I, I you know, I I I'd been to this restaurant before, but I'm noticing this or the way people are acting with the acoustic band that's playing is really interesting. It's not just, you know, I've seen a, I've been to tons of restaurants or bars where a acoustic guy was playing, but this time uh -huh. I was like, Oh wait, I'm thinking about this and being present here. And it, my brain is working to figure this all out in the present. It just, it was just really great. And, it, and when you try to tell somebody, even the way I'm doing it now, it seems like, you know, Oh, you're just tripping. You know, but, <laughs> but I, I, I honestly feel like I, I am, more me and here or something. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly, just so easy yeah. not to be present or not to be here. And I love that something like that could make me here. Oh, like uh, when I watch a movie and I'm high, I am watching the movie and the humor will really make me laugh. And it's not just because yeah. well, it's a comedy or aha, that's kind of funny. Like the, the fake I, laugh. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm really watching it and I'm thinking of it even more deeply. Like, the director and the actors put this together and all uh, culminated into this a line, this line now that's making me laugh. You know what sure. I mean? Like I think about it more yeah. artistically and more uh, the bigger scope or the bigger picture of it. So it, it, it is really helpful to my brain, I think, because I can just, you can get just kind of a, you know, tunnel vision in life. Exactly. Like, well, my job, exactly. my life, my marriage, my kids. And this, this is, is just is. the way right. it is. You know, right. I go to work, I come home, I eat my food and I go back to bed, you know, right. There's, there's something really valuable in having an experience drug induced or not that helps you have a little bit more appreciation or even just recognition of right. the world around you. Right. And that is what's so cool about it. You, what you just said is one of the, the things that I think deeply now more about it. And even, and it sounds maybe even silly to some people that don't smoke marijuana, but 
I don't feel more sh- deeply or sh- or uh, a, a strong feeling about marijuana. I, I feel, oh wait, I'm connected more to like uh, my family or the, the, the art or the music I'm creating. Like I actually have more of an appreciation for that than I did before. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm understanding yeah. it more clearly. Like the reality has shifted a little bit, and I'm like, oh wait, this is actually important. It's not just get this song done because. That's what you do. You've written a hundred songs. So just write another <laughs> one. It's not like that. It's like, I actually go, wait a minute, this song means something. It's valuable. I'm writing it. And then what will the person that listens to it, how will they take it and accept it? And it just feels more connection. You know, I, I feel more connection uh, in, in lots of ways because of drugs, I think for sure. They, yeah, they allow you to have um, like you go through life, you go through life on a much less superficial level. Yeah. When you're, you know, in, in more open accepting mind states like that. Yeah. Yeah. Listening. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say listening to music on mushrooms is really fascinating. Um, The first time I did that, it was like hearing, it was like hearing in 3d. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you haven't done that before. Right. But it was like, I could, I heard every individual note, every individual kick on, on the kick drum and the snare, but I was still hearing the whole song. Yeah. You know, it was like for the first time I could hear every instrument as it was and also the whole song instead of as a guitar player, just focusing on the guitar or the melody or the bass, you know, whatever it is you're into. It was like hearing everything individually but all together at the same time is yeah. really hard to describe. Yeah, I, I totally, totally 100% agree. I'm usually a person because, you know, I'm a singer and vocalist. I usually just naturally tend to listen to the vocals. And then the mm-hmm. other parts are there supporting that in my, in my, the way I'm listening to it. And the same way, if I'm listening to music and have smoked some weed or something, it feels like I am hearing the parts and I am noticing the drums more or the bass line more, or like, like the, the song becomes more full and more yeah. robust, you know what I mean? Than, than it ever did before. Like it, it's not one dimension. Oh yeah. That's the bass. Yeah. Right, right, right. It, it totally is like that. And I, and I mean, I'll, I'll even say this, it makes sense that it, you know, people make, something like marijuana scary because of what it can actually do. It really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I am very much, I I am no longer sold on the idea that any human should have authority over another human. And that is partially because of the drugs I've taken and the paths they've led me, they've led me to. I, when you, when you experience a drug and realize that you are lied to about it, right? You know, not only does does that change your perspective about who's telling you about drugs, the experience on the drug itself opens you up to 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 more diverse ways of thinking, um, like thinking outside the box and stuff like that, which. Right. You know, if you're supposed to just be the little capitalist cog going to work, buying right. junk food, buying cars, you know, they can't have you thinking outside the box. Right. And and the other idea there, too, is if uh, I think uh, it, it's a humongous lie that you are unproductive and lazy if you do a drug like that, because what the reason why, even if that uh, has been true in the past is that it's illegal. And what are you supposed to go do? You know, you're not, you're not, you're not going to go, if you, if you smoke weed, you're not going to go drive around or you're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're not, you can't, you know, you're not going to create something at work or do something, you know, like you're going to do it and while you're eating Cheetos and sitting on the couch or so, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's illegal or, you know, and you don't want people. Exactly. To so of course you're going to, you're going to actually do the thing that gets least seen which is I'll just sit around and, you know, I'll just chill out. I'll do it only uh-huh. when I'm chilling out, you know, or you to- go shoot up in the street corners and the right. dark alleys and stuff like that, exactly. because you don't want to be seen. Right. And the idea that you couldn't be productive because I mean, you said there's tons of people that are, uh, you know, very productive on alcohol or, you know, like, sure. you know, they, I mean, they're, you know, high functioning addicts to alcohol or something like that. Like the, I think you could do the, I'm not saying that, you know, you had to be an addict to, marijuana or something but i'm saying i think that there is such a 
big future for the potential that people will have on these drugs. Like, like I had yeah. a friend that uh, microdosed LSD. I had two friends, and this was funny. One, it, uh, both of them are good, really good musicians. But uh, one of the guys, a great guitar player, had never really played piano ever. He said, "I'm gonna try. Okay. I'm gonna try and microdose LSD and see if I could teach myself piano." And I promise you, six months later. He was a phenomenal piano player. Now I'm not that saying that doesn't surprise me at I mean, all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he could, you know, go play, you know, uh, a concerto, <laughs> operatic music, and just nail it. But I'm saying f- to go from nothing to what he was doing, I was like, whoa, this is really amazing, right? And so he used it. And, and then the, my other buddy that was a musician, he did it, and he said, all I did, uh, it just made him want to sit in nature and uh, observe nature. But uh, sure, so, oh, that's kind of funny. But then I was like, wait a minute, but maybe. There's something there too. That's not him just, you know, shitting around, sitting there, staring at trees. That really wasn't it. It was more being aware. And if you could craft that and go, wait, hold on, this is making me more aware of my surroundings. And this is what I'm into. It would help you realize what you're into, what you want. Yeah. Yeah. You could do something with that, you know? Mm hmm. Kind of wild. Yeah, it is really wild. Um, And what I do want to end up doing with the rest of my adult life. is grow psychoactive plants. Um, I'm planning on moving to Oregon sometime in the next year or two, because last year, not only did they decriminalize drugs across the board in personal amounts, but they also legalized psilocybin assisted psychotherapy under, you know, under a legal regulated framework. Um, and that I think is going to go live in 2022 or 2023 after a couple of years of setting up the regulations and the advisory boards and whatnot. Um, but I want to head to Oregon so that I can get a license to grow psilocybin mushrooms for legal use. That's, that's what I want to do. And bigger picture than that is to have just some sort of like conservatory for psychoactive drug plants like opium poppies or cannabis plants or coca and you know just other stuff like that nature nature has an incredible pharmacy and i'm just i'm just really interested in it yeah i totally agree i totally agree that sounds like a lot of fun and when that happens i'm gonna uh, come visit you (laughs) all right hey (laughs) no problem with that whatsoever Uh, All right. We try to keep these things under an hour, 45 minutes. We're probably already over it, but this was great. dude. I I appreciate it, Ryan. This is, I really enjoyed talking to you, man. And uh, keep me updated. If if, if once you, you move, let's do another one of these. Once you start getting some of this stuff under your belt, I'd love to talk to you again. That sounds great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come on. I've been listening to you guys for years and this is, it's, it's fun to have it come kind of full circle. Yeah. This is a great conversation, dude.